Hello, welcome to the Life Toyetic. I just wanted to jump in before we begin and let you know that there are some sound issues about halfway through this episode. There's kind of a very gentle hiss that you will hear. Um, that was due to some uh, background audio that I was not able to completely filter out. I did do my best. Uh, it's not perfect, but it is listenable, and I think that's the important thing. I also I wanted to apologise for releasing this episode a little bit later than we have been. Uh, I wasn't able to get the edit finished on Sunday night because I had to instead uh, fall asleep, which I think was very important. Anyway, on with the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I'm definitely Ben. Hello, my name is Pen Baden. <laughs> in it. Why, why are you laughing, Ben? What What is actively happening? <laughs> don't Don't you recognise me? You're Pen Baden. I'm your clone. You're my clone. Yes. You sound just like this, me. This it has is, to be this said. This is why you shouldn't sell your plasma to pay for <laughs> books. <laughs> For university. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Ben? It's sorry, it's sorry, it's just that this impression is spot on. It's perfect. This the movie we're gonna watch today is about cloning. It's I'd very topical. I had actively forgotten that that was part of the narrative of the movie yeah, that we Yeah, we learn watching. Mewtwo's origin story. We do learn Mewtwo's origin story. This is before he strikes back, though. No, I think his, this, him striking back is also is his first strike. Because the, the strike against him that he's striking back from happened already in the sense that he exists. Because yeah. he's mad that they made him at all. But that that's all part of... We're watching Pokemon the first movie. Maybe we should back up a little and we tell should. people what they're listening to. Hello, and welcome to The Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly, which is a podcast about movies about toys. Is that the tagline? That's the tagline I've been using. Okay. You, there's, okay. There was a quiver in your voice okay. that suggested that you okay. weren't a hundred percent on board. It's fine. It's. Fi- I don't think it's fine. <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll workshop it. If you, I, I feel like this is what we're getting to a point where if you don't know what's wrong with it, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> it is. It. We watch movies about toys. Yeah. And then we analyze them. We 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 as you very succinctly put in the description on the website, we uh subject, subject them, them to, to a, a level, level of, of critical scru- analysis. <laughs> yes. We scrutinize them. That they were them. never intended to withstand. Yeah, then they're not built for this. And by the way, we're very excited because as you, and you can probably tell from our, our voices, um because this is the first episode we've recorded since like we launched episode 1. Yeah. At time of recording yesterday this is episode four we've, we've got a little bit of a buffer which we will almost certainly blow through very very quickly but we launched the podcast yesterday and it's been really cool to see people's responses on twitter and uh a little bit on facebook and in an irc chat room that i visit <laughs> where one guy said that he had never seen trolls before but after listening to the trolls episode Aww. now he wants to watch trolls that's great because we get a little kickback from dreamworks for we that. do get 17 cents which is difficult to divide between us because it's, it's an, an odd, odd number. number. Yeah, yeah, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. But I think the biggest problem is that someone listening to our podcast and then thinking, maybe I'll watch Trolls, I think that is not the desired effect. <laughs> I think that's a problem. But re-listening to that first episode as I edited it and then uploaded it and then listened to it three different times on separate drives uh, in the last two days, 
We still haven't nailed down a proper rating system, and we still don't have a proper sign-off. The I still the rating system that I proposed in the first episode where we use trolls as our baseline, I still really like that. Okay, here here's my idea for a rating system. Okay. So like a scale of one to ten, with one being transparent cash grab mm-hmm. and ten being transcendent artistic experience. And five being well, and, I guess they made and this. And five being nah. <laughs> five being a creaky game. <laughs> five being I feel a lot of conflicted emotions. <laughs> Yeah. And I need a lozenge. <laughs> yeah. I like that as a scale, but it's also not very interesting because it's not. You know. Coming up with a scale, coming up with a rating system for a movie podcast is tricky. I think it will naturally evolve and we shouldn't force it. I think we should use a different rating system for I every episode. I think, yeah. As we've probably already done yeah. by this point. But getting back to uh, the movie, this was your pick. It was, As I said, as I accidentally whacked you on the knee when I said that. I'm very excited about it because this is the first uh, movie that we've watched that I actually remember from my childhood. Yeah. It came out in 99, 98? 99, I think. Somewhere around there. And um, my brother and I were squarely in the target demographic when it came out. So I remember going and seeing it in theaters. Nice. We were big Pokemans. Poodle Moon aficionados. (laughs) I this is I think this is the first film also that we've both already seen before because mm-hmm. I've seen this it was a long time ago and I watched it on VHS but uh, my memory of it is very hazy but I do remember crying at the end but oh. I don't remember why Okay see I the only time I saw it was the time we went and saw it in theaters I remember exactly three things from the movie I remember okay. that like Mewtwo is the antagonist and he's mad that they made him I remember that he clones the other Pokemon just and all makes of them? them and makes them yeah and makes them fight each other and I remember that during the fight scene there's a really weird song playing in the background about like how they're brothers is okay now that's all I remember I I know the the two things I remember is the scene that I've seen as a looped gif of the two Pikachu's just kind yeah, of smacking each other yeah which I've seen modified to be Captain America and, and oh. the Winter Soldier which once we when we finish recording the intro I'll show you that gif and the other thing is I think the soundtrack for this movie has a Daphne and Celeste song on it I don't know who that is you don't Daphne and Celeste you no, don't I've literally never they were not they were a deliberately kind of cheap poppy garbage pop act but that was the joke but people thought that people actively took them seriously and thought why are you i think i think they're american oh we would do something like that but i remember them being pretty big in the uk for a hot minute i've never heard of them it's but also had an extremely sheltered childhood i'm impressed that my parents let us go see this movie okay because pokemon are an affront against god yeah because they are, uh, they're a representation of uh, a, a plan other than we actually because well, there's evolution. Oh, of course, that makes no. This, that makes literally, so much sense. I went to a private school and we literally did have a speaker come and like during an assembly tell us that Pokemon were of the devil and also Yoda and ET. <laughs> that was actually he just showed up. He said that one statement. That was and his, then and left. then he left. Yeah, and you still had fifty-five minutes to fill. Yeah, so they just so hate. we just sang worship songs. Okay, hour. are there any worship? This songs? This is only a slight exaggeration. Are there any worship songs about, about- Pokemon? Yes. Thank you for finishing my sandwich um, for me. <laughs> None leap to mind. I guess you know. I've actually. It's been so long since I've 
been exposed to worship music, I've successfully purged a lot of it. Good job. And I'm really proud of that because it used to be that I would be living my life and suddenly I, you know, immortal, <laughs> invisible, God only wise would start playing yeah. in my head and I'd be like, no. I have no, the only, wor- America, I don't know if they have this in the UK, but the only worship song that I'm familiar with that Americans would have had is just the line, our God is an awesome God. Oh, and then yeah. there's nothing else after it. It's just that. Th- that's most of the words. That's the whole. But that's do you it. know the hand motions? I don't know the hand motions. I'll teach them to you after. Please this. don't. I don't <laughs> need that in They're my life. They're easy. Uh, my religious youth. My my religious youth is probably my favorite nineties grunge band. <laughs> But uh, my family were pagan. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I want to stress this. I'm not a spiritual person. But I remember going to... They used to do this, like, summer retreat, which was like a camp, where everyone... Went, it, I felt... It's like, like pagan church camp? Pagan church camp, but also the adults are there. Oh. And it remind. Looking back on it, it feels very much like a kind of a weird, uh, like, a culty commune. And it had a weird... Like, the name was, like, Puke. But I don't know I don't what want to go to I don't know if camp. it was spelled puke like the word puke or if it was like a weird acronym that just sounded like. But nothing. Who sits there and thinks we're gonna set up this group? We're gonna do this fun like pagan summer vacation thing where families can come and there'll be they'll we'll, we'll do you know circles and we'll do rituals and the kids can play Lemmings on the Sega Mega Drive, which happened and I was awesome at it obviously because Lemmings is is my jam. But we'll call it a thing. That, that it protrudes from the mouth that during times... That's forcibly expelled. That's forcibly expelled from the mouth during times of physical duress. Like, whose idea was that? I don't know. I'm going to guess, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, some idiot. Okay. Cool. So, Pokemon... Yes. Pokemon... I don't think there's any vomiting in Pokemon the first I don't know. Movie. We're going to find out. What I'm really excited about is that I think it's extremely unlikely that we're going to find any weird sexual overtones in this movie. I... I don't know. I'm really optimistic that they're... That we're not going to find that. I wasn't expecting to find any in Trolls. And we found <sighs> that film was chock-a-block. I referred to it as the DreamWorks kink factory. I think I just want some sort of external validation that this isn't our problem <laughs> that we have. That this isn't yes. just about oh the way God. that we're calibrated. That we see yeah. sex in everything. I'm really yeah. concerned that that's going to be revealed over the course of this podcast. Is that it's? Th- is it's that we're the ones with the problem? That the, the kinks were inside us all we're along. Inside us all along. The, yes. the, the real sexual deviancy was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, that is a concern. I do worry that th- literally everything that we are seeing is is us. We're looking at it through this kind of Freudian lens of sexual nonsense. But the thing is, if it were just Trolls and no, none of the other movies, I would think, okay, what were we doing with Trolls that made us see it that way? But He-Man made sense. Masters of the Universe made sense because there's a man with oiled nipples mm. wielding his weapon. And the Mario Brothers was very overt in some of its sexual presentation. Yeah. I think it's a trope of the child film genre. Yeah, and especially fantasy movies from the 80s and 90s, I think. Yeah. There were a lot of tropes. Like, the presentation of the women as being overly sexualized and... I mean, look at uh, Dragon's Lair, which was the Don Bluth arcade cabinet. I remember that. And Princess Daphne was literally modeled... Daphne and Celeste? Yes, thank you very much. Good callback. Yeah, Uh, I'm learning. Ten points to... I want to say Hufflepuff? No. Ravenclaw? Yes. Okay, same as me. I mean, it's both. 
This means I'm also bi- I'm by <laughs> I'm I took the t- the test on time.com a while back and I'm apparently a Ravenclaw with Hufflepuff tendencies. Same. I think we had uh, roughly the same yeah, score. Yeah, percentages were about the same. Um I was going somewhere very specific with Daphne all of this and it's was Princess Daphne. No, she was literally modeled on Playboy Playmates. Okay. And also her costume makes no physical practical sense. And I say that as someone whose friend has cosplayed as Princess Daphne. Oh, were there a lot of complaints? Was no. there a lot of fashion tape involved? No, I, don't, well, I think there was probably some. But I, it's difficult to pass. And we're so, this is so far off the Pokemon part. Yeah, let's we're, wrap this up I'm real gonna, quick. I'll, let me tie a little bow on this. Her costume, it's difficult to pass because it's because of the way you look at it in two dimensions. Because it's Don Bluth. But there are a lot of cosplayers who have taken some interesting interpretations on how blah, 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 Pokemon. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to go watch. We're going to watch Pokemon, the first po- movie. Pocket Monsters, the moving picture show. <laughs> the, 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 the Ash Ketchum picture show. Yes. Which there was a sequel, a straight-to-video sequel called Mewtwo Strikes Back. I thought this was Mewtwo Strikes Back. No, this isn't Mewtwo Strikes Back. There was a straight-to-video sequel called Mewtwo Strikes Back, which would make this film and that film, if you watched them back-to-back, a science fiction double feature. Aww. We should have thought about that. Yes, but we're not going to do that. Well, this gives us a a whole other episode that we can do. Yes, I think it's on the list. I think Mewtwo Strikes Back is on the list. There's a lot of pocket monster motion pictures. Cool. So let's go watch the movie. Let's do it. And we will be right back to after report. these yep. messages. Hey there. Now I got something here that's downright fun. My new popcorn chicken. Crunchy morsels of tender white meat. Popcorn chicken's back for a limited time. Try it. Just $1.99. At KFC, we do chicken right. These days, everyone's trying to catch Nintendo's Pokemon. So catch a Pokemon beanbag for only $4.99 with any KFC meal. Catch all four. Better hurry up. I'm starting my own collection. I really want uh, popcorn chicken now. Yeah. Yeah, because of the ad. Because of the the advertisement. That that I definitely just heard. Yeah. I don't want popcorn chicken. No, it's... You can have my share. Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you. And in return, I'll let you... Uh, Have the toy? At, no, I was look at my... No, I'm going to take it from you. That, and the, the the weird thing about that ad is the po- none of those Pokemon in particular. Like, one of them is a Zubat. Like, who wants... Whose favorite Pokemon is Zubat? I think maybe first gen, like, when there weren't a lot to choose from. You've got... Sorry, you've got Charmander. You've got Pikachu. Some child was very excited to get a stuffed Zubat. No child we was very... In, we can't invalidate that child's experience. I can. And am. Okay. And will. No one's no one's favorite Pokemon is Zubat. Then. Yeah. My favorite Pokemon is Zubat. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true, though. No. What is your favorite Pokemon? Slowpoke. I need. Oh, yes. You know what you told me yeah, about before? Yeah. I like that he looks kind of velvety and squishy, and like you could just curl up on the couch with him and he would be a good pillow. You just imagine him to be velvety. Mm hmm. He'd be velvety and saw. He'd be like a, like a velour blanket. Do you have any thoughts regarding Slow King? No, I don't care for him. Because you lose the softness. Yeah. And he's also two Pokemon. Like, there are so many Pokemon it's that kind are just... Of a cop-out. Yeah, that are just, oh, there's more than one of them, so that's a whole new species. Like, no. <laughs> the end. There's no more... This is a very boring conversation we're having. We're back. We just watched Pokemon, the first movie, and I need to provide a retraction and an apology 
because oh my I, goodness, no one ever apologizes to me. I'm so excited. I thought Mewtwo Strikes Back was the name of the straight-to-video sequel to this movie, and it turns out that sequel is called Mewtwo Returns, and this is, the subtitle for Pokemon the first movie is Mewtwo, Mewtwo Strikes, Strikes Back. Back, which is confusing. Yes, because it's his first time striking anywhere or being struck yeah so that's on me i uh, want to apologize for miss uh for for doubting you molly i want to apologize for misinforming our audience mostly i want to apologize to myself because i feel like i let me down Mm -hmm. i'm not angry with myself i'm just disappointed would you say that that was a four dollar experience was it worth the price of admission i google (laughs) Google Play. So let me tell you a little fact about Pokemon the first movie. The runtime on that movie is 76 minutes. That is three and a bit episodes of the anime. It is the shortest film. We've heard this is only episode four, but it's the shortest film we've watched today. It barely qualifies as a film. And I don't feel... I mean, you you rented it this time, not me. I rented He-Man. Yeah. Um, The onus is on me. I don't feel like you got $4 worth. I feel... It was more expensive than I was expecting. Yes. I think if you had rented King Kong, you would have got more bang for your buck. Yeah. Because more would have happened, and the runtime is a Peter Jackson movie, so those things stretch on for days on end. You would have got more bang for your buck. Pokemon the first movie is a liar, because it's not a movie. It's it's more like a very long episode of Pocket Monsters, the the television series. The televisual experience. And the animation's not like, they obviously had a little bit more money. They did some interesting forced perspective stuff with backgrounds that doesn't quite work, but it doesn't look that much better than the TV show. It's more or less an extended episode of, of the show. And... I just, I, I, I feel like we watched 76 minutes of not a lot happening. Well, I think it's up to us then to make this worth yeah. $4. We need to have a scintillating conversation. Then let's let's get that ball rolling. Okay, you're the one who has I, all the notes. I made a you lot of taking, notes. You're taking copious notes on your phone the whole time, and I think I wrote four sentences. What were your, let's let's just go through all of your notes, because <clears throat> I'm pretty okay, sure. Okay, there, there are literally four sentences okay. that I wrote down. Okay. The first thing I wrote was born grumpy. <laughs> to describe Mewtwo. Fair. Because the very first scene is when he opens his eyes and gains self-awareness. Yes. And he's floating in a in a clone tube. I mean, in a juicy clone tube. He's just... He, he, he and is, he's born with the animosity towards everything around him he, instantly. He, he's the world's youngest old man yes. straight away. There's just a level of crotchetiness so, there that transcends even the grumpiest of old men. Yeah, so the, the scientists who created him are having a conversation with him and trying to explain to him, you know, where he is and what is happening because these are the questions he's asking as he's waking up, but he's not satisfied with any of these answers. And he jumps to a lot of conclusions. There's a lot of conclusion jumping. Like one of the about how they feel towards him and his role yeah, in the I, world. I feel like Mewtwo's firstly Mewtwo speaks phenomenal English for a seventeen second yeah. year old non creature, non human creature. And then the scientists are just like, Oh yeah, let's just tell you literally everything. Mm-hmm. They're very forthcoming with the information about where Mewtwo came from and yeah, what his purpose no isn't. there's no teaching him shapes and colors. Yeah, and they just jump straight instilling to... Instilling a moral compass. Yeah, like, they... maybe let's start with that. Yeah, and, and my, my the weirdest part of that whole conversation is, oh, you're the first experiment that survived, which implies a lot there of experimentation lot that... that resulted in, like, as Timber pointed out while we were watching it, things don't die 
in the world of Pokemon. So there's a there's there's a, there's probably an incinerator somewhere full of quote unquote fainted Pokemon oh. from failed cloning experiments. They're gonna turn into Pokemon Soylent. Pokemon Soylent. Soylent. Uh, I was trying to think of a great joke. A, a good, yeah, it clever. Really yeah, Soylent Green is Pikachu. Is <laughs> I think the closest thing I can get. Soylent Yellow. Soylent Yellow. Even though it's we're talking about Mewtwo, that doesn't quite work. Before the scientist, the, the film opens with narration that makes it seem like you're watching a National Geographic documentary on where Pokemon come from. Mm. The, the voiceover is very boisterous. At, it's got that kind of the loose bounce of of a documentary, a wildlife documentary. Yeah. They get very philosophical very early. There's a lot of talk about the search for meaning. Yeah. And self-actualization. For humans and Pokemon alike. Yeah. And then cut to interior cloning tube day. Yeah. Um, and Mewtwo's already asking himself these questions as he hit, as he is gaining consciousness yeah. for the first time. But the, the, that whole sequence in the lab, the tone is so dark. Mm. Like, it put me in mind of, like, something like Akira or, like, like a darker, more adult anime movie. He does kill them all. He absolutely... Blast he, he all blows of them. He up the facility, which is on an island, yeah. and then he takes over the island and builds his own life. Yeah, and he stands in the rubble and he says, I am the strongest Pokemon in the world, which is a very ballsy claim for someone who has literally... Never met another Pokemon <laughs> ever. He's he's not... He hasn't even reached double digits in terms of, like, minutes life expectancy in minutes, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm clearly the best. What are you basing that on? The fact that you just slaughtered a bunch of nobodies? But we've established that this is his personality, to jump to conclusions yeah. very fast. He does do that. But then Giovanni shows up and is like, well, I don't see you as an experiment. Let's be partners. And I'm going to put you in this Robocop outfit. Yeah. Um, a weird little exosuit. Yeah. Which that version of Mewtwo with the machinery does pop up in the anime a couple of times. Okay. I have very vague memories of that from my childhood. But he works for Giovanni for what must amount to maybe 24 seconds of screen, screen time, time. Yeah. before asking the question, hey, uh, what is the dealio? And Giovanni, again, very forthcoming, very... Says, oh, you're my slave. Oh, you're, yeah, you're my slave. Like, this isn't a partnership. Uh, you, you belong to me. Because he apparently did, like, he must have been in the concessions getting popcorn, so he missed the first two and a half minutes of this movie. So he <laughs> didn't see what happened to the last people who were just like, oh, yeah, sure, you're, you don't you matter. You exist for us. Yeah, you exist for us. And we're going to do what we want with you. So, uh, Giov Giovanni... He missed that memo. Yeah. So... He gets uh, his shit wrecked by Mewtwo, and then we cut from that to Ash, Brock, and Misty, who are very tired, and Brock is cooking for them. He's cooking his Lazy Boy No Chew Stew. Which is, there's a special word for yeah, a stew that you don't chew. We have that. It is called soup. It already exists. Maybe they were doing a literal word-to-word -word translation from the Japanese. And I, maybe there's not a word for soup in Japanese. I, the word for soup is a chew that you, a, a, soup, a stew that you don't chew. That's literally like, it's like 15 symbols. And it yeah, it's roughly, one very yeah. elaborate kanji yeah. character that uh, literally translates to stew that is not chew. <laughs> Which is beautifully alliterative, but unfortunately it's not. I know, because I remember watching a making of feature for Pokemon the Movie 2000 on TV when the movie was in theatres, and the translators for Pokemon 2000 basically said, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the original Japanese version that doesn't make any sense at all. It is without sense. 
It is without purpose. So we as the translators had to retrofit a narrative into this string of visual nonsense. And it's moments like this that make me think that that must have been the case with this movie as well. There must have been a lot of writers figuring out how to reverse engineer a plot out of the sequence of lights and sounds mm-hmm. that they'd been given by the Japanese production team. Yeah, I also got that vibe yeah. watching, like, the... Well, we'll get to it, but the weird prophecy from yeah. the the strange person with, like, the weird, like, Romany sort of accent. Yeah. Who... I, I was... Com- I don't know what it is. I was 100% confident that there were a lot of, like, big celebrity guest voices in, in this movie. No. For, in my head, like, I, I, I have this mental picture of, like, Selma Hayek and Sigourney Weaver and whatnot, and people doing voices for these, these secondary bit characters, and that didn't happen. No. I imagined that. Like, you looked up the IMDb while we were, while we were watching the movie. There's literally not a single name that I recognize. There are literally the people who were, who did voices on this movie who don't even have headshots on IMDb. But I was convinced that because of the big, this, I mean, Pokemon was, yeah, this was 1999. Pokemon was at its prime. Pokemon had never been, has never been, I don't think, as big or as much of a cultural phenomenon as it was at the absolute end of the 90s in the US. The soundtrack has songs by Christina Aguilera and I'm pretty confident Daphne and Celeste. And a couple of other people who did music for the soundtrack. We, there was a Christina Aguilera song in the end credits that mm-hmm. we heard, like, I think 27 seconds of. So the fact that Warner Brothers, who distributed this film in the US originally, didn't try to get big names, I was convinced that they had done. That there were some names for some of the minor characters in the dub, and that that's not the case. Nope. I imagine that. It's like they took the exact same voice cast that was working on the series yeah. and just said, hey maybe do three episodes all in a row and we'll, we'll just the mash same. them all together yeah. and turn it into a feature. Yeah. I, 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 I'm I, 1000% positive this was animated as a feature film on purpose, but it doesn't look like it and it doesn't sound like it and it doesn't feel like it. And there are long stretches of this movie where nothing happens or the same thing happens multiple times or it's characters angles. yeah or it's characters reiterating dialogue other people have said or that they've said or it's as you pointed out while we were watching it that one shot of water crashing up against the Three times. the coast of the island yeah which if you're going to reuse animation why not so this dude shows up and challenges Ash to a Pokemon fight which is just an excuse to play the intro song yeah which i over think over some sort of action sequence set piece yeah, this is, I'm pretty co- confident if you, in the Japanese version, this is where the opening yeah. title sequence is. And um, this is where, like, credits appear and so on. That's, that was kind of the tone and tenor of this sequence. We There's nothing of that in the American version. But there is a wonderful shot of the other Pokemon trainer getting frustrated about having his ass handed to him, throwing three Pokemon out at once, which you could not do in the game at this point. That wouldn't happen for another, I want to say, ten years. But Pikachu roasts all of them with a Thundershock, and they all quote unquote faint. But and you pointed out at the time that this trainer looks distraught. This trainer just watched his friends basically yeah. die. And we do explore those themes of, yes. of the moral moral gray area of yes. um having your friends fight for you fight other people's friends. You ju- you just made me realize something uh, that I have to write down before I forget it. 
But there's something that, something relevant to that at the end of the movie that I will come back to. I've just added okay. it to my notes. So this happens. They get an invite, like a, a Dragonite. Is it Dragonair or Dragonite? Dragon, that's something. It's been a while. I think it's Dragonite is the big the one with the wings. one. Yeah. Shows up and gives uh, uh, Harry Potter his letter to Hogwarts. <laughs> gives Ash a hologram invite to an event to to visit the the quote greatest pokemon trainer the greatest pokemon trainer ever basically challenges a- on ash ketchum on his private island yeah can we take a minute to talk about the name ash ketchum yeah it took me a while to realize that it was ketchum like you're catching pokemon because i always thought it was like ketchup but with an m on the end and it literally <laughs> and i was in my 20s when i realized this <laughs> really? catch him is like catch um catch them catch, it's catch very them. on the nose yeah i was like catch up because it's with a k it didn't register to me it just didn't nope. it just would not penetrate the and did you think like misty because there's because mist is made of water and brock, and brock is because a rock? rock yeah like these i are... literally didn't realize brock until it was coming out of my mouth <laughs> <laughs> wow so, yeah these these are names that are very on the nose they're super... But clearly there are children out there <clears throat> who missed them. Who misted. Who misted the reference. No. When you say there are children out there, do you mean past I Molly? mean, yes, myself. Yeah. Because Ash Ketchum was the... I, I, won't, I won't lie, Brock and Misty went over my head as a kid. Ash Ketchum, even as a kid, I thought, is that the best mm, name no. they could come up with? Is that really it? Is that where it went? Didn't occur to me. They had to have come up with better names. There must have been like a four-hour meeting where they're trying to come up with a full name for him. And at the end, they're just like, fuck it, Ash Ketchum, we're done. I need to go home and see my wife. I'm done with this. I'm tired. And this Thai food we ordered is not good and it's going straight through me. I need to go home and see my wife and kiss my child goodnight and then spend a year on the toilet. Why Ash Ketchum? That's just the name. That's just the name. I've already got my keys. I'm leaving. Maybe they ordered takeout. And there was a packet of ketchup. <laughs> Isn't and there? They were, and someone held it up and was like, ketchup. <laughs> His last name should be ketchup. And, then, but the, and they were like, I like where you're going with that, but let's change it up a bit. <laughs> and the head writer was already like one foot out the door like, I've got to go. I've got to go home and kiss my wife and shit. So At the same at time. At the same time, because it, this is running through me. Listen, I'm going to need to hire professional cleaning staff to clean out the interior of my car when I get home. The point of this is that <laughs> Ash receives an invitation to go visit this, this Yeah, he gets quote, a Princess Pokemon, Leia yeah, a holo- hologram. A hollow invitation. Which Brock immediately perves on. Yeah. I will point out, this film... that's in character for him. It's very in character for him. This film does not have a lot of sexual undertones. Yeah, no, I'm, this I'm is, grateful for that and I'm relieved because I was yeah. really hoping going into it that it wouldn't like because that says something I wouldn't about be us. Put in that position. Any undertones are from Brock, and they are they're kind of gently predatory. I yeah, I definitely remember watching as a child, thinking, "Haha, like Brock likes girls." <laughs> but watching it now, I think Brock is definitely a predator. If Brock were a real person, he would definitely own multiple trilbies. I would imagine that the area of facial hair in the neck region probably has not been shaved with any great regularity. And I i mean, I don't want a pigeonhole and I certainly don't want a stereotype, but... But you're I, absolutely going to do that right I'm gonna now. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to find a way to, to just 
push through. I think Brock in the Year of Our Lords 2018 would own a fleshlight. I think that's absolutely... There's nothing wrong with owning a fleshlight. No, there's nothing wrong with it. But there is... I think that that's... He would own a fleshlight because there there's nothing else. We also aren't quite sure how old Brock is in this story. Because you had mentioned that he was supposed to be 16 years old. I think old. he's about 16 to 18 in years old. In my mind, he's like 35. He, but in my mind, I'm always projecting Brock to be five to ten years older yeah. than me. So I'm always going to be chasing chasing Brock as I age. Yeah. So he's always going to be a little older than me. But he has the voice of a grown man. I it's it's kind of a Harrison Ford situation where mm. why am I? Do you know what I was going to say with Tell my me. dumb mouth Tell is me. just in the same way that Harrison Ford is always older than you. Like a yeah. real world human, Brock will always mentally be older. But I'm pretty confident Ashes. 10 to 12, Misty is in that same age rating. In my mind, Misty was maybe 14. I think she's maybe a little bit. She's this a is a young why... teenager. Ash yeah. is definitely pre-teen, pre-pubescent. Yeah, and Brock's definitely, you know, when you're at the age where you can figure out that you can use a frying pan as a drying pan, I think that's some pretty advanced level stuff. In my mind, Brock... It's disturbing because Brock is the least mature. Yeah. But in my mind, it's like Brock is the grown-up. <laughs> and that frightens me now looking back on it that if I were a parent and Ash Ketchum if I were Mrs. Ketchum or Miss Ketchum we don't know what her situation is could be Ms. Ms. Ketchum or Mr. Ketchum maybe he has two dads maybe. we don't want to make any assumptions about Ash because we don't know his backstory we really. know that he has a mother oh okay cool because it's in the cartoon and in the video game but we're also there's a there's a backstory there that we don't know about his dad the point is that if I were <laughs> Ash's parent yeah and Ash said to me, hey, I'm going to go travel around the world and camp in the woods and not take really transportation of any kind, but walk everywhere. And probably not and, shower with any great regularity. And the regularity. only people with me are all my pets, <laughs> this pervy 16-year-old boy who sounds like a man, and this 14-year-old girl. I would say, no, honey, please come inside. <laughs> Dinner's ready. Never leave the house again. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, Mother, I'm probably not going to be home very often. <laughs> um, and I will be. I'm basically going to be participating in a glorified, socially acceptable form of cockfighting. Yeah. With a lot of inherent risk. I'm going to... I'm stopping my education. This is... I'm not... I, algebra... I give neither shit nor fuck about algebra anymore. I just want to make animals fight each other for a living. My friends, my animal friends, yeah. who I have a deep emotional attachment to, I want to put them in situations where they're going to experience suffering, physical and emotional pain. I want their very lives to be on the line for my glory. I don't want to... There'll be no risk. I'll be... Don't, don't, don't make any bones about it, mother. I will be fine. I will be safe. But all of my pets are going to be put into situations where they could suffer irreparable harm and damage, probably more than a few of them will die. But don't worry, Mama, Mother Dearest, for I shall be collecting more pets as I go. If I see an animal, I'll go, I want that. I'm going to throw a ball at it, and then it's mine. I'm also going to amass an impressive collection of enamel pins. <laughs> and that will make it all worth it. <laughs> You yeah. should see my jacket when I get back. Listen, mother, mummy, mama. I will. I'm. Listen. I'm gonna ruin. I'm gonna ru go. I'm just gonna go gym to gym, town to town, and I'm just going to ruin 
each gym master's collection of beloved animal friends. I'm going to break them. I'm going to emotionally damage them and their master. And in exchange for it, I'm going to get maybe $4 worth of enamel pin out of it <laughs> until I've got about eight and then I'm probably done. And then I won't, still won't come home. Oh, and I will have an unruly dinosaur friend who spits fire. And who doesn't listen to anything I say. Are I we hope good? you have home insurance, Mother, <laughs> because when I bring this uh, unstable dragon home with me, <laughs> he's going to need an outlet for all the emotional trauma that it's he's gonna suffered. Be, it's going to be rough, because he's, he's going to have had a rough childhood, and that's going to manifest itself as, as acting out as he because ages. Because we don't really know much about Charizard's background before ash he's no. he's a rescue pet yeah he's really. a rescue pet yeah he's a rescue so he's got some behavioral problems yeah. that need to be addressed by a professional but, but ash, ash considering the fact that he is 10 years old does not have he doesn't have an account at the credit union he can't afford <laughs> to get a professional trainer it's or a just behavioralist him. yeah he can't get jackson galaxy <laughs> charizard whisperer <laughs> Sorry, I'm my, just imagining my Charizard from hell. I'm just imagining like walking into a like a, a pet smart and you've got your cat litter and your your dog treats and then just like a shelf full of Jackson Galaxy Pokemon collars and toys. Ah, <laughs> uh, would Jackson Galaxy exist in the in the Pokemon Absolutely. universe? He already looks like a gym leader. Yeah, he looks like an anime character. Like him and Guy Fieri look like gym leaders. That, yeah. There's no dispute. I just, I want a Pokemon game where all of the gym leaders are like TV chefs. Mm -hmm. Gordon Ramsay would be Giovanni, I think. Oh, I don't know. I think, I don't think Gordon Ramsay would exploit the Pokemon. I think he would just. Oh, you think we'd get more like Junior Master Chef Gordon Ramsay? Well, I think he, he's only hard on people who. Should know better. Yeah, who should know better, who he knows can do better. Yeah. But if you're still learning. He, he's very gentle. Yeah. We have spent what I feel is maybe 20 minutes not talking about the movie. <laughs> Time well spent, certainly, but let's... let's well, we let's... can move on. We've only read one of my, I, my four notes that I made. What is your second note? The second note is basically Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, okay, what, what does that note mean? Well, because... We kind of have to skip ahead to when they get to the island. There was about well, 20 minutes there where I didn't make we're any heading, notes at all. Because I made, I made a bunch of notes. We're at the point in my notes where this we discover that this mysterious figure who's sending the, the invites out, we kind of see from a distance behind, sitting in a chair. It's this mysterious figure. And then all of the mystery is immediately discarded because we see Mewtwo's paw. I love his hands. You like his, like, I like hands? He looks like he's always about to eat some black olives. <laughs> I just love the little balls on there. I, I want to run up and squish him. You just want to... Mm-hmm. Do you think he'd be okay with boop, that? Boop. Probably not. He'd probably kill me. Yeah, almost immediately. So the mystery of who this mysterious trainer is is immediately gone. Even as a kid, you're like, oh, that's Mewtwo, clearly. And now we can... Like, he's a psychic type, but now we can control the weather. weather. Yeah. He, he makes it he storm. A storm. A big old storm. because he can whip up the waves. Yeah. And he has... There's turbines on his island that mm. he's erected this structure this weird sort of Gaudi-esque laboratory that has these turbines on them so I guess between like pushing the waves and blowing the turbines 
he causes a storm to happen. No, were the, are the turbines the same thing as that McDonald's play place slide thing that kind of coils down the I center? I don't know. Or? He does his when we see the inside of his laboratory later in the okay. movie. It's very. We're not sure where he got all these design ideas. It's uh, it's it's very. He has no influences no. in terms of architecture it's very, and engineering. It's a very nouveau riche sort yeah. of aesthetic. So while this storm is being whipped up, Mew appears. He just appears. He's just, Mew is there. Yeah, he was floating under the water in a bubble. And, and then, then he, I think something about Mewtwo's presence or um, intentions maybe awakened him. It awakens his, from Mew. From his long slumber. And the sound of Mew emerging from the water and appearing in... The, sound, the literal sound The effect. literal sound is the sound of the transporter from Star Trek The Next Generation. That is exactly what it is. There's some other stuff layered on top of it, but it's the transporter from Star Trek The Next Generation. Do and, we think that Mew is an alien from Star Trek and... And they're actually happening in the same universe. Do I'll take you on further. Do we think that Pokemon is a canonical prequel to the Star Trek franchise? I mean, I think in Star Trek world, anything goes. Because you could just say, oh, this this is the planet with Pokemon on it. Like, yeah. absolutely. I mean, there's a mobster planet out there. Yeah. I remember that episode. Yeah. And there's a planet where it's just all kids being kids. And gals being pals. <laughs> that might I would be go a, to that planet. That might be a different uh, thing that does not Star Trek. That might, have, that might be another video. My cousin Andy had that video in his collection. So Mew... Yes. Um, um, wakes up with the storm. He makes the, Mew wakes up with the storm. We then cut to um, the ferry where Ash and Brock and Misty, who I'm just going to call Catch Them, Water, and Stony Boy from now on. Catch because Them, then, Water, and Stony Boy. Because their names are their names already so on the nose. Let's okay, just push well, it a little okay. bit Okay, well, see, I already knew the names, but now you're making me learn these new names. Oh, I, here's the thing. I have already forgotten the names I just said. Okay, cool. So this joke is not going to continue much further than this. But yeah, they're told all the ferries have been cancelled. It's the worst storm ever. A bunch of trainers who were apparently going to go to the island. Yeah, who also received invitations. Who also received invitations. Uh, they're like, well, screw it. I'm just going to ride my Pokemon. I'll ride my... my... Everyone says Gyarados, which which I don't think that's how you pronounce it. I always pronounced it Gyarados growing up, which I'm pretty sure was 100% wrong. I've heard Gyarados. Uh, we said Gyarados uh, on the playground and back on in the, my day. They said Gyarados. They kept saying the Gyarados, movie. like there was no Y at the front. Just Gyarados. So I'm not sure. I'm I'm inclined to say Gyarados yeah. these days. Yeah. But I really don't know. My favorite mispronunciation of a Pokemon name is uh, Jerry Hawkins, who's the writer on Penny Arcade, never watched the anime, never heard these words read out loud. So he always interpreted Blastoise in the French manner. Blastoise. Yes. <laughs> uh, Blastoise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that always tickled oh, me. Oh, I love that, Blast was. Oh, I want to say that now forever. Uh, bonjour, je m'appelle Blastoise. <laughs> je m'appelle Monsieur Blastoise. <laughs> <laughs> you did so much better than me. That's because I took five years of French. I don't, See, I only took four and a half, so I didn't quite... I guess the did last... Did you actually? I think the last six months were nailing the accent, and I clearly... Mm. I That's the out. last thing they teach you, yeah. you know. So I didn't get it. I did take four and a half years of French, but I, the only things I know how to say are Je m'appelle Ben, j'habite Luton, which is not true anymore. Uh, je ne comprends pas le français, parle-vous anglais. <laughs> and then when they say non, I say merde, and I run away. <laughs> That's really the only vocabulary you need to know. Yeah, is, is asking do you speak English 
And then when they respond in the negative, you swear at them aggressively. Or you could just sing Fudafafa. And that's also, you, could. you know, all the vocabulary you need. I, I yeah, baguette, ha ha ha, and, uh, yeah. and Gerard Depardieu. mon passeport. Yeah. That's really all you need. Où est la bibliothèque? The point is... Pokemon is happening. So they're all... <laughs> so, so the trainers who, I guess really really want to meet this pokemon trainer they really really they really, really want to meet girl. him they want to zig a zig zig is that how the song goes they really 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 want to zig a zig oh okay cool which i believe was a euphemism for sex <gasps> but they're but in the song they're just friends right no if you want to be my lover you've oh. got to get with my friends which does okay that I can be interpreted two ways i did i was not allowed to listen to the spice girls when i was a child they so i spicy. didn't get they were too spicy my grandmother once wouldn't let me watch a marilyn monroe movie because she said marilyn monroe was too spicy that was the word that she used <laughs> wow so there was i wasn't exposed to this so i don't know these these cultures. but you were allowed touchstones. to watch as many marilyn mayonnaise movies as you were. i was allowed to watch a lot of alfred hitchcock and PBS murder mysteries so that kind of shaped my expectations for what the world was going to be for me when I grew five up. words for you I have five words I'm ready diagnosis murder yes or no no we never watched I that. watched a lot of diagnosis we murder we watched a, a lot kid. of Poirot it's and pronounced I watched Poirot a, I watched a lot of Pokemon uh, Poirotkimon <laughs> no I, I don't think I can I would watch a version of Pokemon that was focusing on Poirot. Like if Poirot, if Poirot existed in the Pokeverse, every and time he would solve mysteries. Yeah, and every the, time he won a, a Pokemon battle, he'd just go bong. Yes, and it would still be David Suchet. And he would, he would, um, you know, wax his mustache and twirl his swan cane and yes, and and, and, and penguin away. And then uh, Team Rocket would still be there because, of course, I want to know what Poirot would look like in the Poke- in the Pokemon anime now. I he would look mostly the same. I think he would have Brock eyes. Like he would have, I he think, would have the yeah. absence of eyes because he would have this kind of shrewd, kind of scrutinizing expression. Yeah. If anyone, I don't want to put this on you, but if anyone listening to this has any artistic proclivities and wants to draw Poirot da- as seen, David Suchet, David Suchet as, as Poirot, Poirot in the Pokemon style, in the style particularly of um, the uh, the original Pokemon animated series from like nineteen ninety seven to whenever it stopped, not the newer stuff, doesn't count. Please, please send that to us. Tweet it to us at the Life Toyetic because we need. We and we need will to share it that. with everyone. Should we keep talking about the movie, or should we talk about Poirot some more? It's just I think it's hard to talk about this part because it's. It's not especially interesting. So, well, we'll sk- there's 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 a really bizarre moment when they're being told that they can't get on the ferry because you have your uh, what, officer Jenny. Is that what her name is? Yes. There's like the, the officer Jenny Nurse Joy, and then there's a th- a third woman with a weird Eastern European accent who addresses the the crowd after office the officer has said you know you can't go on the yeah. ferry and she says also. Hey guys, there was a prophecy a while ago about uh, there was a storm and there were Pokemon tears. Okay, bye. That's this all I is... had to say. It was it was really bizarre and it really you got the sense that something 
big was lost in translation. I, I, I think two things. Firstly, I think this character was probably one of those people who believed that the Earth was going to end on, on uh, December 21st, mm. 2012. Yeah. And was very disappointed when that didn't happen. Two, I think this character probably said nothing of consequence in the Japanese version. And they've added the mythological element. I know that the games play a lot with the mythology. And I yeah. think maybe the anime does as well. But having not... You know, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a dubs over subs guy, which I know is controversial. So no. I've never seen dubbed. Uh, I've never seen subbed Pokemon. I've never seen subbed Pokemon either. But I think it's, it doesn't bother me because I don't have any. My only memories of watching the the dubbed. Yeah. Um. But I I also got that impression that either either she said something that was like a very culturally Japanese thing that didn't translate well, or she said something that didn't matter at all. And the the English writers wanted to sort of retrofit something in there. Yeah. But at any rate, it's confusing. Yeah, because she's like, okay, so the ferries have been closed because of this big storm. It's like, imagine being at the airport and they're like, oh, there's really bad weather. It's really heavy rain. Hey, do you remember when in the Bible, God flooded <laughs> the earth and Noah had to build that ark? That was weird, right? That could happen again. Anyway, go to the woman at the United Counter to get a refund. <laughs> uh, that's kind of that what was, that was. Yeah. And then, yeah, everyone's like, well, screw it. We'll just yeah, use our Pokemon again. Yeah, or at least a handful of trainers yeah. basically give Officer Ginny the middle finger and they hop on their dugong. Which immediately raises the question, why are you catching the ferry in the first place if you literally if you have a mythological beast of burden that you can ride? And also, Officer Ginny, that probably makes her feel bad about herself because we yeah. realize that she doesn't have really any authority she like what is she an officer of she can't arrest these people yeah like she literally says come back or i'll place you under arrest it's like how yeah how will you do that officer jennifer how are you going to make that that <laughs> that that transaction it's not going to happen and then ash is like yeah i'll ride my pokemon over as well and misty says i don't know that's a little bit dangerous and ash immediately goes you're right that was that's it's not safe <laughs> like He's so gung-ho about it right up until Misty says, mm, but we shouldn't. And then he's like, you're right, we'll die. And then two Vikings show up. Yes. But they're not Vikings. And they didn't say fudge. It's Team Rocket in a very clever disguise. They're disguised as Vikings, which I guess are naturally occurring in yeah, the Pokemon world. You don't question when, when Vikings roll yeah. up to the, to the fairy port. <laughs> you don't look a gift Norse in the mouth. Oh my God. Usually yours are terrible. I'm really impressed and proud of you. Oh no, don't cry. Sorry, it just it popped into my head. That's really good. It popped into my I'm head. I'm so and I happy had to get for out. you. I'm really happy. Just let it out. I wish there were other people to laugh at my jokes instead of oh, me. No, they'll, anyway. No, they'll laugh. They'll laugh when they hear it. Okay, so they show up, and um, as all 10 to 12-year-olds believe when they're... Uh, you're just like looking at me. There are tears! <laughs> there are tears coming down your face! I'm so you look You look like someone just came in and, like, showed you your newborn son. Like, you've just... <laughs> I've never seen you this like so emotional in a, in a happy way. I've seen you cry, but never like for a good reason. Uh, if I ever have kids, I want you there at the moment that my show, my, my child is shown to me, and you'd be like, "All right," I'll be like, "Okay, cool." Okay, are we are we okay with that hair? Is that are we locked in on that? Can we change that? And you're like, "You were more emotional when you made that gift Norse joke." What is happening? Usually I make a bad joke and Molly's immediate reaction is, ah, just 
No, but I just, just that one was actually good, and I'm really oh, proud of you. Thank you. Ash, Brock, and Misty do what any collection of preteen to teenage kids would do. When they hop in a vehicle stra- with a, with strangers, with strange Nordic persons, and they were literally dressed like Vikings. Yeah, very stereotypical. Like, what is is it the History Channel that has Vikings? Because it was that basically. Yeah, more like. Like Bugs Bunny, yeah. what's opera doc kind of Viking outfit. Yeah. There's some mild water peril at this point <laughs> in the movie, which I know is your favorite thing, mm. but they make it to the island okay. Um, well, their boat does capsize and they're separated from Team Rocket. And then they do the thing they were going to do in the first place, which they use their Pokemon. To swim like, the rest of yeah, the Yeah, they just jump, like, Ash is on Squirtle, I think, and then they're on Lapras for a while. Misty is on her Starmie, and Brock is, I guess Brock just dies, because I don't remember what Pokemon he was riding. He, was, he grabs the Starmie too. He's on the Starmie, because Starmie is not a big Pokemon. No. How does that work? But I guess it's buoyant. Yeah. Well, um, I don't want to assume it's gender. That one was not as good. No, that but was weak. You still laughed, so it counts as a, I, as was... a win. So they make it to the island. There are several shots in the water peril sequence, by the way, and once they're on the island, they make me think that this movie was animated for full frame and then cropped to widescreen. Mm. Because there are so many weird shots, and there are a lot more towards the end of the movie where stuff is just cut off at the bottom or heads are very, very close to the top of the screen that make me think, this was they, they weren't animating this for a theatrical release. Do you suppose it was originally going to be like made for TV? movie and they were like let's milk this cash cow and give it a theatrical release in the US. I don't know because I mean there are certain there are places where the animation is there's a lot of perspective stuff where the camera pans and you can kind of see the terrain shift a little bit that is of a much higher production value than the anime was doing at the time and was kind of on par with techniques that were being used in a lot of anime movies circa 1999 which leads me to believe that this was always planned as a theatrical release. But the sh- the framing of the shots and the, the the shot composition, the how close things are to the bottom of the screen, how close they are to the top, definitely leads me to believe that maybe it was cropped, or maybe it was cro- maybe what we're looking at is a cropped crop. Like they took the the original widescreen version, and then when they um, did the the translation for home video, they cropped that down to four three, and then for the Google Play version that we watched, they then recropped that to 16.9. I don't know, but it just some of the shot composition... It's shot just kind seemed, of claustrophobically yeah. in some parts. Yeah. So that's just me. I'm getting nitpicky about technical stuff and I'm probably going to edit all of that out anyway. Um, but They arrive at the island and the, the hologram woman greets them. And Brock immediately recognizes her as, as Nurse Joy, yeah, the nurse who went missing. Because he pervs over Nurse Joy yeah, every so single... so hard that he's like, yeah. oh, okay. He, um, I'd never forget a face. And my first thought was, you have jerked off to this face so many times, Brock. I'm so glad that all of these sexual aspects of this children's movie are purely locked down with Brock. Like, I think that more movies need this. You need to, you need a boil to Lance. And this, Brock is the sex boil in the Pokemon the first movie. Because if you focus and concentrate all of your sexual was namery to one character who specifically lusts over two characters you free up the rest of the movie to not be a sexy sex romp a la trolls so i guess brock is kind of the the whipping boy sin eater role yeah he he jumps on the on the the lust grenade so that the rest of the film can be relatively sex free sex free relatively speaking and it was yeah 
But yeah, Nurse Joy is there. Mew shows up and flies around a little bit. Um, but they don't see Mew. No, no one sees Mew until later in the movie. Yeah, but Mew is a, like a constant background element in this movie. Yeah. Intrusively Mew so. follows Team Rocket around because they've also found an entrance yeah. into the island and they're walking around in, I guess, the sewers, like the yeah. the septic system. Yeah. They 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 go, they go in through a, 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 a pipe around the back. <sighs> Listen... It wasn't some sexual, stuff, it was just the way you said Some it. stuff slips through the cracks. So they, 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 they swing into this pipe, and they're walking along this pipe, and Mew is just kind of chilling out behind them. Meowth comes very close to seeing Mew twice, but doesn't. Nurse Joy has been very clearly hypnotized, and it becomes apparent later that she's basi- basically been mind-controlled by Mewtwo. But uh, Mewtwo, as Team Rocket discovers, Mewtwo's been cloning Pokemon. Yeah, Jurassic uh, Park style. Which like I wrote down note, in which my we note. We finally made it to your second note. Because he the way they made Mewtwo was that they found they had found a fossil of Mew. Yeah. Was how it was Yeah. So they took, I guess, like genetic material that they found, made a Mewtwo clone, and they were taking genetic material from other Pokemon and making clones of them. And they also made a accidentally made a Meowth clone. Yes. Team Rocket did while they were in there because uh Jesse sat on a button. <laughs> And there's that moment where Meowth is being pulled into the machine where he's there's so much panic on his face and he's literally he's, crying. Tears are coming out of his eyes because he's so terrified. You had a very visceral reaction to that. It like, was distressing. Yeah. I think in the whole movie, there's a lot of like Pokemon in distress. Yeah, it's a fraught like, film if you're like a Pokemon. It's like animals in distress. Yeah. Animals who like maybe can't fully understand yeah. what's happening to them. Yeah. That gets me. That makes me distraught. Yeah. Jesse and James listen... I just understood their names. Uh, Jesse and James... Um, yes. Jesse and Jesse James. Is that what it is? Jesse James. What does Jesse James have to do with Pokemon? Jesse James was a criminal in Western times, and Jesse and James are trying to steal oh. Ash's Pikachu. Huh. Jesse no, James. No, I never in a million years would have made that connection. It's another Ash Ketchum situation. It's a little... It's a few more steps from my... For my delicate brain. Yeah. Your, your little my gray pretty, cells. My pretty little head. Yeah. So they accidentally they accidentally clone They accidentally clone Meowth. Meowth. Meanwhile, upstairs. Before that, though. Hmm. So Jesse and James are watching the record, listening to the so recording Jesse, of the- Jesse su- James is watching Jesse there. James, the, the, the noted historical cowboy criminal. They find the recording from the scientists in the lab when they first cloned Mewtwo and Mewtwo broke free. And apparently the first thing the scientists thought- when he saw all of his colleagues being killed and his lab being destroyed, is I better record a quick podcast. Gotta do a vlog. Yeah, so that's what happens. They listen to the recording that this scientist is doing as his life's work is being destroyed by his own. Yeah, creation. this must have happened in the few seconds before he exploded yeah. at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, it's it's just it's gently baffling. Anyway, so from there we go back up to everyone else to Mewtwo's I guess like throne room yes yeah, all the other canteen yeah all the other there's a table laid out like a, they like he prepared a feast for them and the, the other um, Pokemon trainers are there yeah but Mewtwo himself has not shown up yet he makes a grand entrance by float there, there's a big 
it's not a staircase, but it's some sort of spiral structure yeah. that you can climb up and down. It's more like a slide, yeah. but Mewtwo does not walk down this thing. He, he just floats he down floats in the down middle, the middle of it, Which does so. raise the question of what purpose what does, purpose does the, it And this serve? is the McDonald's play place yeah. slide I was referring to earlier. It's just kind of a weird little corkscrew. Yeah, what is, there's no, I don't see, there's no purpose to it. It's just, it's it's purely for the hashtag it's like, aesthetic. It's like he, he's never seen a house, right? Like he's never, no. he doesn't understand building buildings because he's he has a very limited experience yeah. with the the outside world so I'm, maybe he like yeah someone described a house to him like someone tried to describe stairs to him or something like someone tried to describe like different architectural yeah. elements to him and the way he interpreted that that's like what he ended up building my feeling looking at the construction is that he's just building whatever like we already know he's arrogant because having met zero other pokemon he declares himself to be the strongest pokemon in the world um so he, i think he just oh this is what a building must look like and he gets tables and chairs right like he's very yeah, good at, get, at doing that, tables guess. and chairs but then he doesn't quite get stairs, stairs yeah or anything else so my notes get a little bit vague at this point mewtwo shows up Nurse Joy is released from his psychic kung fu grip and loses all memory of the time that she spent on the island. And then Mewtwo unveils what I assume is the location of the 2000 World Cup. It is a large soccer pitch on which I guess Pokemon will do battle. Yeah, a Pokemon stadium. Yeah. That he built on his island. Yeah. Because he wants to invite his friends over to play with him. Yeah. And this is when Mewtwo unveils his clones, his, his grand clone army of the Republic and sets about the task of attacking the handful of Pokemon trainers that he's lured to this island. This whole plan, by the way, makes no sense. It does, He also mentions something about... It's not entirely clear, but it's like he's going to destroy the world with the storm that he made. He, yeah, he mentions, like, I'm going to destroy everything. I feel like the words, it's not entirely clear, should be the logline on the front yeah. cover for the VHS cassette for this Pokemon film. Pokemon the movie... Mm. It's not entirely clear. <laughs> yeah, the the box on the back should say something. The, the the copy on the back of the box should say something to the effect of the, the first feature film based on the global worldwide Pokemon phenomenon. Mewtwo is a clone, or he isn't, and he comes back and kills a bunch of scientists. But maybe he doesn't. But he probably did, and he's the world's strongest Pokemon. But he hasn't met any other Pokemon. But he certainly thinks that. Anyway, he lures some trainers onto the island for reasons that aren't quite clear. Clones their Pokemon despite the fact he hasn't actually met them yet, and then makes them fight each other with no. God for type alignments or like let's have the grass type attack there's nothing the... strategic yeah about there's no his... strategy it's just oh, we'll get the Charizard to fight the other Charizard that is the that is a dumb pairing you get the Charizard to fight the the, the Venusaur yeah but that's just like there's no and even the Pokemon trainers are just like ha get him Blastoise Blastoise get him and the Blastoise is just, okay, I will punch this other Blastoise with my strongest water attack. It's not going to work, idiot. It's rock beats rock. No, it doesn't. You're both just fisting each other. That's not what I meant, Molly. Come on. Okay. Nothing I happens. I think maybe you're trying to sex this episode. I'm up really because, not. Because it's a very unsexy movie. I think you're seeing sex now because there wasn't <laughs> any in the movie, so you've got all this pent-up sexual energy. <laughs> Because that's what the podcast is now, I, I think guess. that's what it, what it must be. So, we see the Charizard fight. I just have three words on here, which is Charizard mating ritual. Oh, yeah. There's... Mm, I think anytime you see two creatures who are of the same kind, kind of grappling each other, but not 
not really hurting each other, yeah. but just kind of grappling. But Charizard, I think, is the most obvious because there's definitely a moment. There's some body slamming. And- there's some body slamming. I th- I might have imagined it, or I may have just said, "Oh, and this is where he pinches her neck." But I think there's some neck biting, as does happen in the animal kingdom. And then Mew just shows up um, to say hi. To say hi, Ash punches Mew, Mewtwo in a really ineffective way. And then as everyone's fighting, this weird song starts to play. Yeah. Brother, my brother. Brother, my brother. Which is... Brother, my... Keep brother. going. <laughs> That's good. That's all you can sing, otherwise we will get a DMCA takedown. Okay. Well, I don't um, remember the rest of the words. Yeah. It's, it's something to the effect of like, when did we start this war? Why it's, are we fighting? It's basically like a soft pop version of War Her. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again, y'all. Um, it's really interesting because over the course of this fight, we have, and this is my third note, is that one of the trainers literally says, Pokemon aren't meant to fight. Oh my god, yes! This is- Everyone seems completely bewildered that the, the creatures that were bred and trained to do battle with each other are... Doing, doing battle, battle with, with each, each other. other. And every, like Misty's looking, like Misty is one of the people who says, this is wrong, they're living creatures. It's like, how are you just now getting this? You were a gym leader. What is wrong with you? And then we reach a point where the Pokemon stop fighting or start to slow down, not because anyone's winning. They just kind of get lethargic, which in fairness, as a member of the viewing audience, I totally grot yeah, that you feeling. you reach a point of diminishing returns. Yeah. Especially with two evenly matched identical yeah. Pokemon just sort of smacking at each other. Yeah. No one's winning. No one's winning, no one's losing. They're just kind of there. Just casually... It's like the fish slapping dance in Monty Python's Flying Circus. But without the climax of the one guy bashing the other guy into the river. You have not seen this kit, so you don't have any... No, I well, we'll watch that after we record. But, uh, yeah, the, the all of the people comment on this isn't fair. They shouldn't be made to fight like this. It's not there right. Are, there are friends. There like, are friends. The um, Pokemon trainer relationship is one of friendship and trust. Yeah. But they're just now having this dawning realization that maybe Pokemon like, shouldn't be fighting. Oh, our entire society and economy is based on this system that yeah. exploits... And that was that was my yeah. fourth note. Was <laughs> fighting is terrible. Dismantle the Pokemon economy <laughs> because they have nothing left. If they if they've come to this realization that fighting is terrible and that Pokemon shouldn't fight, like what? Where does society where, go yeah, from the there? Yeah, the Pokemon society. Like, what do they do? Because uh, we've established that there there's no other forms of entertainment. There's no like sports of any kind. There's television, there's, but it's all programs about Pokemon. Yeah, there's nothing else happening yeah. in this world. Like Pokemon centers are. I'm assuming government funded because there's one in every town and they're staffed by the same nurse across the board. So Mew and Mewtwo are having this big fight and they blast energy at each other and Ash decides that he's going to stop the fight by getting in the middle of these two energy blasts. And he falls down, and he turns to stone. To stone? He's made- We're not sure what he turns into. He gets really still and turns kind of gray. I'm assuming stone. But I don't understand how psychic attack plus psychic attack equals child turned to stone. Uh, I think because it's a kid's movie from Japan, and they didn't think that much about the implications of what was happening on the screen. I'll accept that. So Pikachu decides to try to resurrect Ash by electrocuting him. Yeah, he's acting as a defibrillator. Yeah, which doesn't he's, work he's because... A, he's a little critter crash cart. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't work because he's been turned... Ash is turned to stone. It's stone. It looks stone. His texture changes. The way that the light hits him has changed. I'm pretty confident it's stone. All of the Pokemon, the originals and the clones, 
start to cry. And then the tears turn to the, s- they, magical... They float away from their faces and they all convene on this one yes. point on Ash. And Ash is brought back to life. By the tears. By the tears of that, the Pokemon. That the woman vaguely mentioned at the fairy port. Wait, what? Yeah. She remember. was talking about the weird prophecy. Like, once there was a storm, something, something Pokemon tears. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. She definitely mentioned Pokemon That's tears. That's definitely a piece of retrofitted dialogue that the yeah. translators had stuck in there. And Ash immediately gets up and hugs Pikachu as if Pikachu was the one who brought him back. But then also, hey, Ash, you were just turned to stone. Go to a hospital. You could have brain damage. You, yeah, you... he went. He would have gone several minutes without oxygen. Yeah, he would have gone several minutes without anything in his body to t- process yeah. oxygen. He's stone. Like, go immediately seek medical attention. If it's you've not... been turned to stone, this is just a PSA. If you or anyone you know has been turned to stone, please seek medical attention immediately. Go to the emergency room. Do it. Don't go on WebMD. Just go straight. Just to go the emergency straight. Yeah. Room. It's not. Don't mess around. Call an Uber. Do what you and need go to, to do. ER. Yeah. It's not worth. Like, oh, it will get better on its own. It will not get better on its mm-hmm. own unless there are twenty-four to forty-eight Pokemon who are who are, sad. Who are crying on you. Yeah. It's just. It's not likely. Just go to the nearest uh, hospital, uh, urgent care, or at a pinch Pokemon Center. Just go to the Pokemon Center and make a bunch of the Pokemon sad, and you'll probably be fine. Yeah. That's probably cheaper than going to urgent care. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So the anime and this movie constantly play up the idea of Pokemon as these magical, mythological, unknowable beings who can turn a boy to stone and then bring him back with the power of tears. And at no point are we ever told what actually happens. Ash was, was turned to stone and then he wasn't. And no detail is given and I, I, I... I want to believe that the filmmakers aren't so cynical as to think, well, it's a kid's movie, no one will give a shit. I want to know. The, the, the game plays around with the mythology of Pokemon a little bit, with the idea of, like, Poke- in the beginning was a particular Pokemon who did a thing. I don't think the game has ever done anything as overt as healing tears from Pokemon original. Like, I want to know, did the clone Pokemon, were their tears more or less potent? I want to know... Is, was the act of turning Ash to stone, or was that Mew's power? Mew, who we have to assume is kind of a benevolent onlooker of the events, was that Mewtwo's malice that turned him to stone? Was it the confluence of their separate energies meshing in a way that defies nature and God herself and turns Ash to stone as a byproduct of that? We're never going to know, because Pokemon, the first movie Mewtwo Strikes Back, is not a film concerned with reasons. Are you quite finished? That's my whole speech. That was great. Thank you. So after all of the Pokemon bring Ash back to life and save him from the nothing he's mm-hmm. become, did you like that? Yes. Because it's literally what it's happened. Clever. Um Mewtwo experiences just, a very abrupt change of heart. A very abrupt change of heart. As, as he does with literally every, every emotion he feels is suddenly 100%. This every is a guy... that he draws... This is a guy who owns at least two of those jump to conclusions mats from Office Space because he sees this, he looks at the tears, and his first, his immediate thought was, oh, okay, I see it now. So Pokemon and humans live together in harmony and we've all got to kind of learn and love it. Like he just, he just rattles off this little monologue based on. Oh, I get it now. Like, oh, I get it. Let me explain it to you guys because I understand. He musplains the situation. He musplains to them. And then he leaves with his clones and he says, oh, 
Uh, we're gonna go somewhere to figure this shit out because I don't fucking know, man. That's ex- that's like an exact word for word dialogue. Roughly what he said. And then he says, "Oh, but it's probably best forgotten for you guys." And all of the Pokemon trainers: Brock, Misty, Ash, Quentin, Justin, Leonard. Susan, Cleopatra, Davy, Cranston, all levitate off the ground, and then the screen goes white, and we're back at the ferry port. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had their memories wiped. They've had their memories wiped, which means that they, the realization that they had about Pokemon shouldn't be forced to fight is gone. gone. They there's no character development in this in this film. They've they had this dawning realization of Pokemon shouldn't fight. That's not the way. The entire structure of our world, of how we live our lives, has been called into question. The and foundation we need to with this. Yes. of our society has been forever tainted by what we have learned on Mewtwo Island. Nope, gone. Blip. And yep. they go back to... So they're no longer accountable for this information. Yeah. It's just gone, but we as the viewer, we know. Mm-hmm. We've known for and a while. And now we're going to be uncomfortable every time we... We'll, we'll know that it's wrong yeah. on a deep spiritual level. Like The next time we watch an episode of the show that is set after the movie, and we, and Ash is like, oh boy, a Fero, i got to catch that motherfucker. And he throws the ball. We were immediately going to think, oh, Ash... You're, a- you're enslaving uh, an individual with a consciousness and a will... To live and in. the worst thing is we know you're capable of realizing that this is wrong because we've seen it we've heard you say the words ash please stop and think and what happens instead is he keeps doing it for 20 more years because the anime is still on the air that's basically how the movie ends. They continue on their journey. We get some. Well, they also have. There's a moment when they're, uh, you know, they're transported back, I guess, in time to the ferry. Where the, and the storm has settled because sto- Mewtwo's not. And it's still storming, it up. but then the, the storm calms down. But there's a moment where they say, How did we get here? Why are we here? Because they have no memory of being invited. And doesn't, to this island, uh, they, 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 them and, and the other trainers, they have no idea what they're doing there. Don't one of them say, I guess we're here because we're here? Yeah. Misty like, says that, like, okay. Like, you've basically just been gaslit and you're going with it. I know you don't know that, but it's hard to watch. So they see Mew. Ash thinks he saw Mew in the clouds. Brock and Misty say, no, I didn't see anything. Ash points out that at the beginning of his journey, he saw another legendary Pokemon and thinks he just saw one now. And then they continue walking. And that's basically the end of the movie. What we what we get then... Is an extended credit sequence um, with... Four or five songs... None of which Sn- we get snippets of pop songs. Yeah, it's like um, it's like listening to iTunes previews of the Pokemon the first movie soundtrack. Um, we get, I think, maybe a minute of a Christina Aguilera song, and then about thirty to forty-five seconds of a bunch of other songs. And I f- it feels like they didn't have the rights to use the whole song in the end credits. It's like they were trying specifically to avoid having to pay royalty fees. So it was like, oh, it's fair use if we use this. We amount only of use thirty them. seconds yeah. of this. And then the film ends, and it's been seventy-six minutes. And that's of your it. life that's gone. That's gone. Now, the good news is that's not a full-length movie. It's not like we spent, you know, an hour and 40 well, watching Justice League. Well, it is technically a, a feature. I think a feature is anything yeah. longer than 45 minutes yeah. technically qualifies as a feature. But it's very short. I mean, it's a feature for children. It's an yeah. feature for children. It's not going to be longer than, like, an hour 15, generally. Yeah. But even, like, Toy Story is about 20 minutes longer than this movie. And more Toy happens Story in Toy Story. has a plot and characters <laughs> who change... <laughs> Over the course of over the course of the You're narrative. killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. I'm sorry. Um, Do you want to know about the uh, the numbers? Yes. First released in Japan on July eighteenth, nineteen ninety eight. Cool. 
released in North America on November 10th, 1999. So we, so it was 98 and 99. We, I would have watched it in 99. Yeah, same here. I didn't really fall into Pokemon until I moved, until, well, I didn't move to America, but I visited, my dad has, uh, he lived in Los Angeles, he moved here in 97, and I came here to stay with him for three months in 99. So that's when Pokemon would have first been like on my radar as a cultural thing. But I remember going into a toy store, that, a chain of toy stores that used to exist in the UK um, in the 90s called Beatty. B-E-A-T-I-E-S. There was one in my hometown. Okay. Um, and they had a Game Boy section, and they had Pokemon Red and Blue, and they were imported, and I could tell because of the the American ESRB rating. And I was fascinated. As a kid, I was like, red version and blue version. Like, it's are they the same game? Are there differences? Like, what's going on? But I didn't get to play Pokemon until I... Wa- I didn't I own a copy myself until 2000 when I got a p- copy of Pokemon Red that I bought from someone at school. And, that, and looking back on it now, like, this kid cle- had clearly stolen it from another kid. Oh. And I, I was playing someone's stolen Pokemon card. Does that keep you up at night? Not really, that, no. That knowledge. Uh, no, I, I'm incapable of feeling guilt. Oh, cool. No, that's not actually true. Guilt destroys me. If I, I, I didn't have that realization until recently, and I feel bad for being complicit in this... In this theft. In someone losing their copy of Pokemon Red, especially considering as I was specifically holding if out... If you were a child, uh, circa 2000... Yeah. And someone stole your copy of Pokemon Red. And you lived in Luton you in England. Drop yeah, me a line. Please, yeah, please I would let love us to know. mail gonna, you back a copy of Pokemon Red. We're going to make this right. We're going to do this. Hey, I care about you. So where do we fall on Pokemon the first movie Mewtwo Strikes Back? It came so close to saying something. It came so close to saying something and then it kind of went psych. Right at the end. It came so close to saying something about the logic of its own world. It, it came really close to having that realization. Like, it was right on top of it, and then it just... Fell off. Yeah. It's like, it started to mount the horse, and then it was just getting on the saddle, and then the saddle swings around, and, and then suddenly under you're the upside horse. down. Yeah. It was like they they were aware that if they followed this narrative to its ultimate, the ultimate conclusion, that it would undo their entire franchise. And they wouldn't be able to make any more games or continue the television series. (laughs) I wonder if the original Japanese version does stick to to those guns a little bit more, or even if it has those guns at all. Part of me wonders if this was an attempt on the part of the creators at the Pokemon Company to dismantle their empire. Please make us stop. like, need- we we don't know how to stop this train. We haven't seen our families <laughs> in years. We've become we're we're prisoners of our own this success. This has gotten out of control. And what happens? They want instead? to go home and kiss their wife. Yeah, and go to the toilet. Yeah, but they can't. So they this this film attempts to take a serious crit- it doesn't really try to take a serious critical look at the the societal repercussions and ramifications of what Pokemon is. But, but that's it- definitely that's the direction that it's kind of unwittingly heading. Yeah. And then it just sort of falls apart and backs out. It's like when you're at Disneyland and you think you're in line for one of the rides, and then it turns out you're in line for that place at Disney California Adventure that sells Chinese food. And it's like, this isn't what I wanted. I guess I'll have some ramen. But instead of... Is ramen Chinese? No, it's not. I'm a bad person. (laughs) You're right. I'm a bad person. Um, I'm so sorry. I didn't need to point that out uh, and embarrass you. No, no. It's better that you point it out than someone listening to this goes, "Uh, actually, Ben, ramen is not. Actually. Well, actually. Yes. But uh, being in line for one thing and... I'm sorry, listeners. I'm a bad person. I understood the Um, analogy. It's definitely... It's like like biting into a peanut M&M, but there's no peanut inside. Yeah. It's like biting into a Kit Kat and there's no wafer. 
Yeah. So you're just confused. Yeah. Like this is technically the thing that it says it is, but also it's missing the the key the component. Key, the, it's the central part. And by the way, getting a Kit Kat without wafer in happens surprisingly commonly in the UK. That's weird. And is it's it just great? Is it just solid all it's the way through? Just solid chocolate. Okay. It's, it's amazing. So like winning the lottery. I've definitely had a peanut M and M that didn't have a peanut inside. That's tragic. That was disappointing. I. This is a true story. When I was in the UK, I this would have been about 2005. I got a Kit Kat, had no wafer in. Brilliant. I emailed Nestle and I said, hey, because Nestle make Kit Kats in the UK, as opposed to Hershey who make them in America. And I said, hey, I got a Kit Kat with any wafer in. That's amazing. You should actually sell these. And I got an email back with an apology asking me for my address so they could mail me a check. And for the cost, for the cost of, of a the, pack of Kit Kats? For the cost of one Kit Kat. Oh, like and I said, not even a whole package. And I said, well, I mean, here's my address, but like, I, I'm not I'm after... telling you to keep doing this. I'm, I'm not saying you've made a mistake. Stop. I want, I'm not asking for reparations. I want you to do this on purpose. And they sent me a check for six pounds. That's an expensive Kit Kat. I paid 50p for that Kit Kat and I got a 10, uh, sorry, 12-fold return on my investment. I don't That's think a I, good ROI. I don't think I ever... That's a really smart business strategy that we should explore some more, maybe? But I don't think I ever cashed that check because I was so smitten with the novelty of it. Did you frame it? I don't know what I did with it. It's probably in the trash Aww. now. I probably don't have it anymore. I do know my friend Andrew, who uh, Andrew Taylor, who wrote a couple of issues of Jump Leads, for anyone who's listening to that, listening and knows me from that, once got a coupon in the mail for zero pounds and zero pence. Huh. And his plan at the time was to take it into the store, buy nothing, demand a receipt, and then take it back later and ask for a refund. Which I was tickled by. I would be too lazy to do that, but that is an entertaining yeah. premise. Well, Andrew is also the person who gave me the idea to go see Return of the King wearing a t-shirt that said, uh, Frodo dies. Oh. The end. That's where That's that story ends. Which then he did as well. He did a write-up on it. Uh, anyway, Pokemon the first movie. Pocket Monsters, the premiere motion, motion picture, picture event. Mewtwo lashes smacks, out. Smacks once again. <laughs> Mewtwo lashes out. For a for second a time. Subsequent, on a subsequent occasion. <laughs> How do you feel? What are your thoughts? Score? If you had to give it a rating out of something. Out of something. I would say it's a mu out of two. <laughs> I don't I know why I was tickled by that. Definitely good for a nostalgia bomb. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The Pokemon anime. Here's the thing. The original Pokemon anime with the original cast. There's definitely a lot of nostalgia attached to that. But... It is not fun to watch anymore. As a 31, nearly 32-year-old adult male, I cannot watch Pokemon anymore. The, the, the classic stuff, for it is classic now. It has been 20 years. It hasn't aged well. It hasn't aged well. It's like in that same bubble of um, like Power Rangers and Cat Dog and, and Doug to a certain extent, of these shows from the 90s that just don't resonate anymore. Yeah. They don't have... There's no meat on those Is bones. it one of those things where, like, you're not allowed back into Narnia? Like, whatever it was that made it magical for you as a child, you just don't have access to that anymore. It's, you can never go back home. Yeah. It's that, very clearly. And I literally can't go back home because my mom sold that house and then lived somewhere else and died. But as the metaphor extends to into reality... And drags me kicking and screaming into a pit of despair. Um, let's change the subject. I I would give this film a score of nulpois <laughs> or El Zilcho Zilchimon. 
Um, Digimon. I'm finally... Really? My whole life, I was a proponent of Pokemon over Digimon. And now I've watched this film again. For the first time in a very, very long time. I'm starting to think... Maybe the Digimon people had it right. Mm. Digimon had an ongoing narrative. Digimon may well have made some sense. I don't know because I never watched it because I was a snob. But Pokemon, if all of Pokemon is like this, burn it down. We're instilling the wrong values in our children. Yes. I think Digimon is just a different kind of philosophy overall. Like, their interactions with the Mon characters. Yeah. It was a fundamentally different relationship and a different power dynamic. But there's a lot of, like, digitization of, like, people getting sucked. Basically, Digimon is what happens when you take Pokemon and mix it with Black Mirror. Mm. Pause for laughs. (laughs) Ha 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 ha! Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. They're just very different. Really, the only thing they have in common is the Mon. Yes. And they're for children. I was, I was just looking at the waveform for that laugh. Oh, was it funny? Yeah, I'll show you when we're okay. done. I can't recommend this film, even for nostalgia's sake. It's just very plodding and dull. I think, yeah, I think it's, let it remain a warm, vague memory. Yeah. If that's how you first experienced it. Yeah. Does this make you want to buy Pocket Monster officially licensed product? No. No. It, that has the opposite effect, it, doesn't it? Uh, it actually, I feel like it deters me. It, I feel, I feel dirty. I kind of, I want to refund some of the Pokemon merch that I still have now, actually. It really makes you call into question the ethics of literally everything yeah. you do every day all the time. Yeah. If, if something could happen in the Pokemon universe that they realize that their entire society is built on slavery and exploitation. Yeah. You don't want to have that realization about anything in your life when you don't want to have you don't want to be accountable for the knowledge that that sort of realization is possible. They're definitely capable of having that realization as well. They had it in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think we probably need to stop talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm carrying around a weight that I wasn't yeah. before. We have been talking for an hour and 37 minutes. Okay, well, we're going to we're gonna edit this a lot. Yeah, this is going to get a lot of editing. Do we want to talk a, bit, a little bit about what we're doing for the next episode? Because the next episode is the first in an ongoing series of episodes. Yes, I'm very excited. So episode five, our policy is every fifth episode, we will be watching one of the movies based on the hit Mattel property, Barbie. Yep. And it's easy for us to do because there have been a lot of Quite them. Quite a few, and I uh, might own them all and that might have actually been um what prompted us to start yes this podcast is the fact that i have an entire shelf an entire shelf of pink that's just Barbie there's a movies. lot and and doing this podcast and going through them all the one we're starting with is actually one that you don't own it's one and that i don't own because it's from i think the 80s? it's from the 80s and it's never been released on dvd we found it on youtube it is uh barbie and the rockers out of this world and barbie and the sensations rocking back to earth which aired back to back on tv in the 80s as kind of a two-part feature yeah. and i i know nothing about this particular yeah. is it a, t- a tv special like it was a tv special a yeah TV. so i don't know about that i know i collect the um the direct dvd cg animated movies yes. that they've done in recent years so i have all of those and i'm familiar with those but the earlier stuff i'm not as familiar with so i'm looking forward to sharing this experience with you i've only seen i want to say 30 seconds of the opening titles of the first episode because i when i found it on youtube i, I watched it so i'm kind of looking forward to delving into this this ongoing barbie adventure with you and every fifth episode of the podcast is going to be a barbie movie because there are so 
goddamn many of them. And we were also in a position at some point in the future to maybe have on as a guest someone who has done voices for some of the Barbie I'm properties. I'm excited uh, A friend of ours who has, has contributed to the, the ongoing Barbie lore. So that's what we're doing next week. If you've been listening to this episode, thank you so much. If you've been listening to previous episodes, we really appreciate it. From our perspective, we launched the podcast yesterday. So by the- from your perspective, we've been around for a few weeks yeah. now. We really appreciate everyone who has at this point sent us any feedback or any, which we've had a little bit in the day. But, in the uh, past 24 hours, there has been a feedback. Yeah, which was really cool. Uh, apparently, we made someone want to watch Trolls. Did I mention that? Yeah, you did. I did mention. So, yeah, we're on we're on Twitter, The Life Toyetic. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash thelifetoyetic. We're on Tumblr, thelifetoyetic.tumblr.com. Or you can go to our website, thelifetoyetic.com. Do please, if you like the podcast, leave a review on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, let people know what you think. Podcasts like this live and die on uh, by word of mouth. So if you've enjoyed what we've been doing over the last few weeks, do please share it with your friends and family. If you didn't like it, you're welcome to tell us that, but don't tell anyone else. (laughs) Um, Just keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. No one likes a Mona. No one likes someone who complains all the time, you know? You want to put more positivity out in the world. It's easy to complain, you know? That's a beautiful sentiment. That's specifically designed to garner positive feedback for our podcast. Yeah, yeah. it works. And a huge, huge thank you to Brian Melblum for coming forward and unveiling... Offering to us. <laughs> and and uh, revealing the killer. Um, now, thank you to Brian Melblum for, for putting together our theme tune, which doesn't have a name, but I'm going to call it Kazoo Town. The Toyetic Toe Tapper. <laughs> That's even better. I liked Kazoo Town, but the Toyetic oh, no. Toe Tapper is better. I was better. just trying to get alliterative up in I dig here. it. Brian Melblum did that for us. We really appreciate that, especially considering he pulled that together at the 11th hour. Thank you so much, Brian. We will see you in the next episode, which I think we've decided that we're weekly at this point, mm-hmm. for Barbie and the Rockers and Barbie and the Sensations. She goes through backup bands pretty fast, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I don't I know very very little about. It sounds like they're in a singing group yeah. and they were they were the rockers, but then she was like, I don't care for these people. So she replaces <laughs> them halfway through the movie. Yeah. So that'll be fun for us. Or maybe us it's about watch. Barbie experiencing new sensations that she's never experienced before. So it's about Barbie and how yeah. she deals with these sensations. It's it's a coming of age story. We're gonna learn. We're gonna find yeah. out next week, and yeah. you are also gonna find out next week alongside us. Did we come up with a sign off yet? No. Do you have something in mind? Something clever? No. Okay. Bye. <laughs>